0: book five chapter one part four of the adventures of gil bias of santillane by alain rene lesage translated by tobias smollett this librivox recording is in the public domain book five chapter one part four i promised the grand duke to do my utmost in furtherance of his good opinion and in aid of his success with the object of his desires i kept my word without loss of time no pains were spared to get into mascarini's good graces and the design was not difficult to accomplish delighted to find his friendship sought by a man possessing the affections of the prince he advanced half-way to meet my overtures his house was always open to me my intercourse with his lady was unrestrained and i have no hesitation in affirming my measures to have been taken so well as to have precluded the slightest suspicion of the embassy entrusted to my management it is true he had but a small share of the italian jealousy relying as he did on the virtue of his lucretia so that he often shut himself up in his closet and left me alone with her i entered at once into the pith and marrow of my subject the grand duke's passion was my topic with the lady and i told her that the motive of my visits was only to plead for that prince she did not seem to be over head and ears in love with him and yet methought vanity forbade her to frown decisively on his addresses she took a pleasure in listening to his sighs without sighing in concert a certain propriety of heart she had but then she was a woman and it was obvious that her rigour was giving way insensibly to the triumphant image of a sovereign bound in the fetters of her resistless charms in short the prince had good reason to flatter himself that he might dispense with the ill-breeding of a tarquin and yet bend lucretia to a compliance with his longings an incident however the most unexpected in the annals of romance blasted his flattering prospects in what manner you shall hear i am naturally free and easy with the women this constitutional assurance whether a blessing or a curse was ripened into inveterate habit among the turks lucretia was a pretty woman i forgot that i was courting by proxy and assumed the tone of a principal. nothing could exceed the warmth and gallantry with which i offered my services to the lady far from appearing offended at my boldness or silencing me by a resentful answer she only said with a sarcastic smile own the truth don raphael the grand duke has pitched upon a very faithful and zealous agent you serve him with an integrity not sufficiently to be commended madam said i in the same strain let us not examine things with too much nicety a truce i beseech you with moral discussions they are not of my element good honest passion tallies better with our natures i do not believe myself after all the first prince's confidant who has ousted his master in an affair of gallantry your great lords have often dangerous rivals in more humble messengers than myself that may be replied lucretia but a haughty temper stands with me in the place of virtue and no one under the degree of a prince shall ever sully these charms regulate your behaviour accordingly added she in a tone of serious severity and let us change the subject i willingly bury your presumption in oblivion provided you never hold similar discourse to me again if you do you may repent of it though this was a comment of some importance on my text and ought to have been heedfully conned over it was no bar to my still entertaining mascarini's wife with my passion i even pressed her with more importunity than heretofore for a kind consent to my tender entreaties and was rash enough to feel my ground by some little personal freedoms the lady then offended at my words and still more at my mahometan quips and cranks gave a complete set-down to my assurance she threatened to acquaint the grand duke with my impertinence and declared she would make a point of his punishing me as i deserved these menaces bristled up my spirit in return my love turned at once into hatred and determined me to revenge myself for the contempt with which lucretia had treated me i went in quest of her husband and after having bound him by oath not to betray me i informed him of his wife's correspondence with the prince and failed not to represent her as distractedly enamoured of him by way of heightening the interest of the scene the minister lest the plot should become too intricately entangled shut his wife up without any law but his own will in a secret apartment where he placed her under the strict guard of confidential persons while she was thus kept at bay by the watch-dogs of jealousy who prevented her from acquainting the grand duke with her situation i announced to that prince with a melancholy air that he must think no longer of lucretia i told him that mascarini had doubtless discovered all since he had taken it into his head to keep a guard over his wife that i could not conceive what had induced him to suspect me as i flattered myself with having always behaved according to the most approved rules of discretion in such cases the lady might i suggested have been beforehand and owned all to her husband and had perhaps in concert with him suffered herself to be immured in order to lie hid from a pursuit so dangerous to her virtue the prince appeared deeply afflicted at my relation i was not unmoved by his distress and repented more than once of what i had done but it was too late to retract besides i must acknowledge a spiteful joy tingled in my veins when i meditated on the distressed condition of the disdainful fair who had spurned my vows i was feeding with impunity on the pleasure of revenge so palatable to all the world but most of all to spaniards when one day the grand duke chatting with five or six nobles of his court and myself said to us in what manner would you judge it fitting for a man to be punished who should have abused the confidence of his prince and designed to step in between him and his mistress the best way said one of the courtiers would be to have him torn to pieces by four horses another gave it as his verdict that he should be soundly beaten till he died under the blows of the executioner the most tender-hearted and merciful of these italians with comparative lenity towards the culprit wished only just to admonish him of his fault by throwing him from the top of a tower to the bottom and don raphael resumed the grand duke after a pause what is his opinion the spaniards in all likelihood would improve upon our italian severity in a case of such aggravated treachery i fully understood as you may well suppose that mascarini had not kept his oath or that his wife had devised the means of acquainting the prince with what had passed between her and me my countenance sufficiently betokened my inward agitation, but for all that, suppressing as well as I could my rising emotion and alarm, I replied to the grand duke in a steady tone of voice, My lord, the Spaniards are more generous. Under such circumstances they would pardon the unworthy betrayer of his trust, and by that act of unmerited goodness would kindle in his soul an everlasting abhorrence of his own villainy yes truly said the prince and i feel in my own breast a similar spirit of forbearance let the traitor then be pardoned since i have myself only to blame for having given my confidence to a man of whom i had no knowledge but on the contrary much ground of suspicion according to the current of common report don raphael added he my revenge shall be confined to this single interdict quit my dominions immediately and never appear again in my presence i withdrew in all haste less hurt at my disgrace than delighted to have got off so cheaply the very next day i embarked in a barcelona ship just setting sail from the port of leghorn on its return at this period of his history i interrupted don raphael to the following effect for a man of shrewdness methinks you were not a little off your guard in trusting yourself at florence for even so short a time after having discovered the prince's love of lucretia to mascarini you might well have foreboded that the grand duke would not be long in getting to the knowledge of your duplicity your observation is very just answered the well-matched son of so eccentric a mother as lucinda and for that reason not trusting to the minister's promise of screening me from his master's indignation it had been my intention to disappear without taking leave i got safe to barcelona continued he with the remnant of the wealth i had brought from algiers but the greater part had been squandered at florence in enacting the spanish gentleman i did not stay long in catalonia madrid was the dear place of my nativity and i had a longing desire to see it again which i satisfied as soon as possible for mine was not a temper to stand parleying with its own inclinations on my arrival in town i chanced to take up my abode in a ready-furnished lodging where dwelt a lady by name camilla though at some distance from her teens she was a very spirit-stirring creature as signor gil would bear me out in saying for he fell in love with her at valladolid nearly about the same time her parts were still more extraordinary than her beauty and never had a lady with a character to let a happier talent of inveigling fools to their ruin but she was not like those selfish jilts who put out the cullibility of their lovers to usury the pillage of the plodding merchant or the grave family man was squandered upon the first gambler or prize-fighter who happened to find his way into her frolicsome fancy we loved one another from the first moment and the conformity of our tempers bound us so closely together that we soon lived on the footing of joint property the amount in sober sadness was a little better than a cipher and a few good dinners more reduced it to that ignoble negative of number we were each of us thinking as the deuce would have it of our mutual pleasures without profiting in the least by those happy dispositions of ours for living at the expense of other folks want at last gave a keener edge to our wits which indulgence had blunted my dear raphael said camilla let us carry the war into the enemy's quarters if you love me for while we are as faithful as turtles we are as foolish and fall into our own snare instead of laying it for the unwary you may get into the head and heart of a rich widow i may conjure myself into the good graces of some old nobleman but as for this ridiculous fidelity it brings no grist to the mill excellent camilla answered i you are beforehand with me i was going to make the very same proposal it exactly meets my ideas thou paragon of morality yes the better to maintain our mutual fire let us forage for substantial fuel as good may always be extracted out of evil those infidelities which are the bane of other loves shall be the triumph of ours on the basis of this treaty we took the field at first there was much cry but little wool we had no luck at finding cullies camilla met with nothing but pretty fellows with vanity in their hearts tinsel on their backs and not a meravetti in their pockets my ladies were all of a kidney to levy rather than to pay contributions as love left us in the lurch we paid our devotions at the shrine of knavery with the zeal of martyrs to a new religion did we encounter the frowns of the civil power whose myrmidons as like the devil in their nature as their office were ordered on the lookout after us but the alguazil with all the good qualities of which the corregidor inherited the contraries gave us time to make our escape out of madrid for the good of the trade and a small sum of money we took the road to valladolid meaning to set up in that town i rented a house for myself and camilla who passed for my sister to avoid evil tongues at first we kept a tight rein over our speculative talents and began by reconnoitring the ground before we determined on our plan of operations one day a man accosted me in the street with a very civil salutation to this effect signor don raphael do you recollect my face i answered in the negative then i have the advantage of you replied he for yours is perfectly familiar to me i have seen you at the court of tuscany where i was then in the grand duke's guards it is some months since i quitted that prince's service i came into spain with an italian who will not discredit the politics of his country we have been at Valladolid these three weeks. Our residence is with a Castilian and a Galician, who are without dispute two of the best creatures in the world. We live together by the sweat of our brows and the labor of our hands. Our fare is not abstemious, nor have we made any vow against the temptations of a life about the court if you will make one of our party my brethren will be glad of your company for you always seemed to me a man of spirit above all vulgar prejudices in short a monk of our order such frankness from this arch scoundrel was met halfway by mine since you talk to me with so winning a candour said i you deserve that i should be equally explicit with you in good truth i am no novice in your ritual and if my modesty would allow me to be the hero of my own tale you would be convinced that your compliments were not lavished on an unworthy subject but enough of my own commendations proceed we to the point in question with all possible desire to become a member of your body i shall neglect no opportunity of proving my title to that distinction i had no sooner told this sharper at all points that i would agree to swell the number of his gang than he conducted me to their place of meeting and introduced me in proper form it was on this occasion that i first saw the renowned ambrose de lamela these gentlemen catechised me in the religion of coveting my neighbour's goods and doing as i would not be done by they wanted to discern whether i played the villain on principle or had only some little practical dexterity but i showed them tricks which they did not know to be on the cards and yet acknowledged to be better than their own they were still deeper lost in admiration when in cool disdain of manual artifice as an every-day effort of ingenuity i maintained my prowess in such combinations of roguery as require an inventive brain and a solid judgment to support them in proof of these pretensions i related the adventure of jerome de moyadas and on this single specimen of my parts they conceived my genius of so high an order as to elect me by common consent for their leader their choice was fully justified by a host of slippery devices of which i was the master-wheel the corner-stone or according to whatever other metaphor in mechanics you may best express the soul of a conspiracy when we had occasion for a female performer to heighten the interest camilla was sent upon the stage and played up to admiration in the parts she had to perform just at that period our friend and brother ambrose was seized with a longing to see his native country once more he went for galicia with an assurance that we might reckon on his return the visit cured his patriotic sickness as he was on the road back having halted at burgos to strike some stroke of business an innkeeper of his acquaintance introduced him into the service of signor gil de santillane not forgetting to instruct him thoroughly in the state of that gentleman's affairs signor gil pursued don raphael addressing his discourse to me you know in what manner we eased you of your movables in a ready furnished lodging at valladolid and you must doubtless have suspected ambrose to have been the principal contriver of that exploit and not without reason on his coming into town he ran himself out of breath to find us and laid open every particular of your situation so that the associated swindlers had nothing to do but to build on his foundation but you are unacquainted with the consequences of that adventure you shall therefore have them on my authority your portmanteau was made free with by ambrose and myself we also took the liberty of riding your mules in the direction of madrid not dropping the least hint to camilla nor to our partners in iniquity who must have partaken in some measure of your feelings in the morning at finding their glory shorn of two such beams on the second day we changed our purpose instead of going to madrid whence i had not sallied forth without an urgent motive we passed by zebreros and continued our journey as far as toledo our first care in that town was to dress ourselves in the genteelest style then assuming the character of two brothers from galicia on our travels of mere curiosity we soon got acquainted in the most respectable circles i was so much in the habit of acting the man of fashion as not easily to be detected and as the generality of people are blinded by a free expenditure we threw dust into the eyes of all the world by the elegant entertainments to which we invited the ladies among the women who frequented our parties there was one not indifferent to me she appeared more beautiful than camilla and certainly much younger i inquired who she was and learned that her name was violante and that she was married to an ungrateful spark who soon grew weary of her chaste caresses and was running after those of a prostitute with whom he was in love there was no need to say any more to determine me on enthroning violante the sovereign lady and mistress of my thoughts and affections she was not long in coming to the knowledge of her conquest i began by following her about from place to place and playing a hundred monkey tricks to instil into her comprehension that nothing would please me better than the office of making her amends for the ill-usage of her husband the pretty creature ruminated on my proffered kindness and to such purpose as to let me know in the end that my labour was not wasted on an ungrateful soil i received a note from her in answer to several i had transmitted by one of those convenient old dowagers in such high requests throughout spain and italy the lady sent me word that her husband supped with his mistress every evening and did not return home till very late it was impossible to mistake the meaning of this on that very night i planted myself under violante's windows and engaged her in a most tender conversation at the moment of parting it was settled between us that every evening the same hour we should meet and converse on the same everlasting topic without gainsaying any such other acts of gallantry as might safely be submitted to the peering eye of day hitherto don Balthazar, as violante's husband was called had no reason to complain of his forehead but i was a natural philosopher and little satisfied with metaphysical endearments one evening therefore i repaired under my lady's windows with the design of telling her that there was an end of life and everything if we could not come together on more accommodating terms than from the balcony to the street for i had never yet been able to get into the house just as i got thither a man came within sight apparently with the view of dogging me in fact it was the husband returning earlier than usual from his precious bit of amusement but observing a male nuisance near his nunnery instead of coming straight home he walked backwards and forwards in the street it was almost a moot point with me what i ought to do at last i resolved on accosting don Balthazar, though neither of us had the slightest knowledge of each other noble gentleman," said i you would do me a most particular favour by leaving the street vacant to me for this one night i would do as much for you another time sir answered he i was just going to make the same request to you i am on the look-out after a girl over whom a confounded fellow of a brother keeps watch and ward like a jailer and she lives not twenty yards from this place i could wish to carry on my project without a witness we have the means replied i of attaining both our ends without clashing for the lady of my desires lives there added i pointing to his own house we had better even help one another in case of being attacked with all my heart resumed he i will go to my appointment and we will make common cause if need be under this pretence he went away but only to observe me the more narrowly and the darkness of the night favoured his doing so without detection as for me i made up to violante's balcony in the simplicity of my heart she soon heard my signal and we began our usual parley i was not remiss in pressing the idol of my worship to grant me a private interview in some safe and practicable place she was rather coy to my entreaties as favours hardly earned are the higher valued. at length she took a letter out of her pocket and flung it down to me there said she you will find in that scrap of paper the promise of which you have teased me so long about she then withdrew as the hour approached when her husband usually came home i put the note up carefully and went towards the place where don balthazar had told me that his business lay but that staunch husband with the sagacity of an old sportsman where his own wife was the game came more than half-way to meet me with this question well good sir are you satisfied with your happy fortunes i have reason to be so answered i and as for yourself what have you done has the blind god befriended you alas quite the contrary replied he that impertinent brother who takes such liberties with my beauty thought fit to come back from his country house whence we hugged ourselves as sure that he would not return till to-morrow this infernal chance has put all my soft and soothing pleasures out of tune nothing could exceed the mutual pledges of lasting friendship which were exchanged between don Balthazar and me to draw the cords the closer we made an appointment for the next morning in the great square this plodding gentleman after we had parted betook himself to his own house without giving violante at all to understand that he knew more about her than she wished him on the following day he was punctual in the great square and i was not five minutes after him we exchanged greetings with all the warmth of old friendship but it was a vapour to mislead on his part though a spark of heavenly flame on mine in the course of conversation this hypocritical don balthazar palmed upon me a fictitious confidence respecting his intrigue with the lady about whom he had been speaking the night before he put together a long story he had been manufacturing on that subject and all this to hook me in to tell him in return by what means i had got acquainted with violante the snare was too subtle for me to escape I owned all with the innocence of a new-born babe. I did not even stick at showing the note I had received from her, and read the contents to the following purport. I am going to-morrow to dine with Donna Inez. You know where she lives. It is in the house of that confidential friend that I mean to pass some happy moments along with you. It is impossible longer to refuse a boon your patience has so well merited here indeed said don Balthazar, is an epistle which promises to crown all your wishes at once i congratulate you beforehand on your approaching happiness he could not help fidgeting and wriggling a little while he talked in these terms of his own household but all his hitches and wry faces passed off and my eyes were as fast sealed as ever i was so full of anticipating titillations as not to think of noticing my new friend who was obliged to get off as fast as he could for fear of betraying his agitation in my presence he ran to acquaint his brother-in-law with this strange occurrence i know not what might pass between them it is only certain that don balthazar happened to knock at donna inez's door just when i was at that lady's house with violante we were warned who it was and i escaped by a back door exactly as he went in at the front as soon as i had got safe off the women whom the unexpected visit of this troublesome husband had disconcerted a little recovered their presence of mind and with it so large a stock of assurance as to stand the brunt of his attack and put him to a nonplus in ascertaining whether they had hid me or smuggled me out i cannot exactly tell you what he said to donna inez and his wife nor do i believe that history will ever furnish any authentic particulars of the squabble in the meantime without suspecting yet how completely i was galled by don Balthazar, i sallied forth with curses in my mouth and returned to the great square where i had appointed Lamela to meet me but no lamella was there he also had his little snug parties and the scoundrel fared better than his comrade as i was waiting for him i caught a glimpse of my treacherous associate with a knowing smile upon his countenance he made up to me and inquired with a hearty laugh what news of my assignation with my nymph under the convenient roof of donna inez i cannot conceive said i what evil spirit jealous of my joys takes delight to nip them in their blossom but after we had embraced kissed protested and as it were spoke the prologue of our comedy comes the peeking cornuto of a husband the furies fly away with him and knocks at the door in the instant of our encounter there was nothing to be done but to secure my retreat as fast as possible so i got out at a back door sending to all the inhabitants of hell and its suburbs the jealous knave who was so uncivil as to search another lady's house for his own horns i am sorry you sped so ill-favourably exclaimed don balthasar who was chuckling with inward satisfaction at my disappointment what a mechanical rogue of a husband i would advise you to show no mercy to the whittall oh you need not teach me how to predominate over such a peasant replied i take my word for it a new quarter shall be added to his coat of arms this very night his wife when i went away told me not to be faint-hearted for such a trifle but to place myself without fail under her windows at an earlier hour than usual for she was resolved to let me into the house and as a precaution against all accidents she begged me to bring two or three friends in my train for fear of a surprise what a discreet and inventive lady said he i should have no objection to being of your party ah my dear friend exclaimed i out of wits with joy and throwing my arms about don balthasar's neck how infinitely you will oblige me i will do more resumed he i know a young man armed like another caesar for either field of love or war he shall be of our number and you may then rely boldly on the sufficiency of your escort i knew not in what words to thank this seeming friend so that my gratitude might be equivalent to his zeal to make short sure of the matter, I accepted his proffered aid. Our meeting was fixed under violante's balcony early in the evening, and we parted. He went in quest of his brother-in-law, who was the hero in question. As for me, I walked about all day with Lamela, who had no more misgivings than myself, though somewhat astonished at the warmth with which Don Balthazar engaged in my interests we slipped our own necks completely into the noose i own this was mere infatuation on our parts whose natural instinct ought to have warned us of a halter when i thought it proper time to present myself under violante's windows ambrose and i took care to be armed with small swords there we found the husband of my fair dame and another man waiting for us with a very determined air don Balthazar accosted me and introducing his brother-in-law said sir this is the brave officer whose prowess i have extolled so highly to you make the best of your way into your mistress's house and let no fear of the consequences be any bar to the enjoyment of the most rapturous human bliss after a mutual interchange of compliments i knocked at violante's door it was opened by a kind of duenna in I went, and without looking back after what was passing behind me, made the best of my way to the lady's room. While I was paying her my preliminary civilities, the two cut-throats who had followed me into the house, and had banged the door after them so violently that Ambrose was left in the street, made their appearance. You may well suppose that then was the appeal to arms. They both fell upon me at the same time, but I showed them some play i kept them engaged on either side so fiercely that they were sorry perhaps not to have taken a safer road to their revenge the husband was run through the body his brother-in-law seeing him on his travels to the shades below made the best of his way to the door which the duenna and violante had opened to make their escape while we were fighting i ran after him into the street where i met with Lamela once more who by dint of not being able to get a word out of the women running as they did for their very lives did not know exactly what he was to divine from the infernal noise he had just heard we got back to our inn after packing up what was best worth taking with us we mounted our mules and got out of town without waiting for daybreak or fear of robbers it was sufficiently clear that this business was not likely to be without its consequences and that a hue and cry would be set up in toledo which we should act like wise men to anticipate by a retreat we stayed the night at Villarubia, at the inn where we put up some time after our arrival there alighted a tradesman of toledo on his way to segorba we clubbed our suppers he related to us the tragical catastrophe of violante's husband and so far was he from suspecting us of being parties concerned that we were inquired into particulars with the curious indifference of common newsmongers gentlemen said he just as i was setting out this morning the report of this melancholy event was handed about every one was on the hunt after violante and they say that the corregidor a relation of don balthazar is determined on sparing no pains to discover the perpetrators of this murder so much for my knowledge of the business the corregidor of toledo and his police gave me very little uneasiness but for fear of the worst i determined to precipitate my retreat from new castile it occurred to me that violante when hunted out of her hiding-place would turn informer and in that case she might give such a description of my person to the clerks in office as might enable them to put their scouts upon a right scent for this reason on the following day we struck out of the high road as a measure of safety fortunately Lamelo was acquainted with three-fourths of spain and knew by what cross paths we could get securely into aragon instead of going straight to Xenca, we threaded the defiles of the mountains overhanging that town, and arrived by ways with which my guide was well acquainted at a grotto, looking very much like a hermitage. In fact, it was the very place whither you came yesterday evening to petition me for an asylum. While I was reconnoitering the neighborhood, which presented a most delicious landscape to my view, my companion said to me, It is six years since I traveled this way at that time the grotto before us afforded a retreat to an old hermit who entertained me charitably he made me fair as he did i remember that he was a holy man and talked in such a strain as almost to wean me from the vices and follies of this nether world he may possibly be still living i will ascertain whether it be so or not with these words in his mouth ambrose under the influence of natural curiosity alighted from his mule and went into the hermitage he remained there some minutes and then returned calling after me and saying come hither don raphael come and bear witness to a most affecting event i dismounted immediately we tired our mules to a tree and i followed Lamela into the grotto where i descried an old anchoret stretched at his length upon a couch pale and at the point of death a white beard very thick hung down to his middle and he held a large rosary most piously ornamented in his clasped hands at the noise which we made in coming near him he opened his eyes upon which death had already begun to lay his leaden hand and after having looked at us for a moment said whosoever you are my brethren profit by the spectacle which presents itself to your observation i have seen out forty years in the world and sixty in this solitude but mark at this eternal crisis the time i have devoted to my pleasures seems an age and that on the contrary which has been sacred to repentance but a minute alas i fear lest the austerities of brother juan should be found light in the balance with the sins of the licentiate don juan de solas no sooner were these words out of his mouth than he breathed his last we were struck by the solemn scene objects of this kind always make some impression even on the greatest libertines but our serious thoughts were of no long duration we soon forgot what he had been saying to us and began making an inventory of what the hermitage contained an employment which was not oppressively laborious since the household furniture extended no further than what you remarked in the grotto brother juan was not only in ill-furnished lodgings his kitchen too was in a very rustic plight all the store laid in consisted of some small nuts and some pieces of crusty barley bread as hard as flint which had all the appearance of having been impregnable to the gums of the venerable man i specify his gums because we looked for his teeth and found they had all dropped out the whole arrangement of this solitary abode every object that met our eyes made us look upon this good anchoret as a pattern of sanctity one thing only staggered us in our opinion we opened a paper folded in the form of a letter and lying upon the table wherein he besought the person who should read the contents to carry his rosary and sandals to the bishop of Senca we could not make out in what spirit this modern recluse of the desert could aim at making such a present to his bishop it seemed to us to tread somewhat on the heels of his humility and to savour of one who was a candidate for a niche in the calendar though indeed it might be that there was nothing in it but a simple supposition that the bishop was such another as himself but whether his ignorance was really so extreme i shall not pretend to decide in talking over this subject a very pleasant idea occurred to Lamilla. let us take up our abode said he in this holy retreat the disguise of hermits will become us brother juan must be laid quietly in the earth you shall personate him and for myself in the character of brother anthony i will go and see what is to be done in the neighbouring towns and villages besides that we shall be too cunningly ensconced for the prying curiosity of the corregidor, since it is not to be supposed that he will think of coming hither to look for us. I have some good connections at Senca, which may be of essential service to us. I fell in with this odd whim, not so much for the reasons given me by Ambrose, as in compliance with the humour of the thing, and as it were to play a part in a dramatic piece, we made an excavation in the ground at about thirty or forty yards from the grotto and buried the old anchoret there without any pompous rites. after having stripped him of his wardrobe which consisted of a single gown tied round the middle with a leathern girdle we likewise despoiled him of his beard to make me an artificial one and finally after his interment we took possession of the hermitage the first day our table was but meanly served the provisions of the deceased were all we had to feed on but on the following morning before sunrise Lamela set off to sell the two mules at Toralva and returned in the evening laden with provisions and other articles which he had purchased he brought everything necessary to metamorphose us completely for himself he had provided a gown of coarse dark cloth and a little red horse-hair beard so ingeniously appended to his ears that one would have sworn it had been natural there is not a cleverer fellow in the universe for a frolic brother juan's beard was also new modelled and adapted to the plumpness of my face my brown woollen cap completed the masquerade in fact nothing was wanting to make us pass for what we were not our equipage was so ludicrously out of character that we could not look at one another without laughing under a garb so diametrically at variance with our general complexion with brother juan's mantle i caught and kept his rosary and sandals taking the liberty of borrowing them for the time being from the bishop of Senca. we had already been three days in the hermitage without having been interrupted by a living soul but on the fourth two countrymen came into the grotto they brought bread cheese and onions for the deceased whom they supposed to be still living i threw myself on our miserable couch as soon as they made their appearance and it was not difficult to impose on them besides that it was too dark to distinguish my features accurately i imitated the voice of brother juan whose last words i had heard to the best of my ability they had no suspicion of the trick though a good deal surprised at finding another hermit there lamela taking advantage of their stupid wonder, said in a canting tone my brethren be not astonished at seeing me in this solitude i have quitted a hermitage of my own in aragon to come hither and be a companion to the venerable and edifying brother juan who at his advanced age wants a yoke-fellow to administer to his necessities the rustics lavished their clumsy panegyrics on the charity of ambrose and congratulated themselves that they might triumph over their neighbours and boast of two holy personages residing in their country Lamela, laden with a large wallet which he had not begotten among the number of his purchases went for the first time to reconnoitre the town of senka which is but a very short distance from the hermitage with a mortified exterior by which nature had dubbed him for a cheat and the art of making that natural deception go as far as possible by a most hypocritical and factitious array of features he could not fail to play upon the feelings of the charitable and humane and those whom heaven has blessed with affluence his knapsack bore testimony to the extravagance of their pious liberalities master ambrose said i on his return i congratulate you on your happy knack at softening the souls of all good christians as we hope to be saved one would suppose that you had been a mendicant friar among the capuchins i have done something else besides bringing in food for the convent answered he you must know that i have ferreted out a certain lass called barbara with whom i used to flirt formerly she is as much altered as any of us for she also has addicted herself to a godly life she forms a coterie with two or three other sanctified dames who are an example to the faithful in public and flounce over head and ears in every sort of private vice she did not know me again at first what then mistress barber said i is it possible that you should have discharged one of your oldest friends from your remembrance your servant ambrose as i am a true christian signor de Lamela, exclaimed she i never thought to have turned you up in such a garb as that by what transformation are you become a hermit this is more than i can tell you just now rejoined I, the particulars are rather long but i will come to-morrow evening and satisfy your curiosity nay more i will bring brother juan my companion along with me brother juan interrupted she the venerable hermit who has taken up his saintly residence near this town you do not know what you are saying he is supposed to be more than a hundred years old it is very true said i that he was of that age some little while ago but time in deference to his sanctity has gone backward with him and he has grown considerably younger within these few days he is at present just about my turn of life say you so then let us have him too replied barbara i perceive there is something more in this mystery than the church will be able to explain we did not miss our appointment with these whited sepulchres on the following night. To make our reception the more agreeable, they had laid out a sumptuous entertainment. Off went our beards and cows and vestments of mortification, and without any squeamishness, we confessed our birth, education, and real character to these sisters in hypocrisy. On their part, for fear of being behindhand with us in freedom from prejudice, they fairly let us see of what pretended religionists are capable when they drop the veil of the sanctuary and exhibit their unmanufactured faces we spent almost the whole night at table and got back to our grotto but a moment before daybreak we were not long in repeating our visit or if the truth must be told it was nightly for three months till we had ate up more than two-thirds of our ways and means in the company of these delicate creatures but an unsuccessful candidate for their favour got wind of our proceedings and prated of our whereabouts in the ear of justice which was to have been in motion towards the hermitage this very day to lay hold of our persons yesterday ambrose while picking up elymasenaries at senka stumbled upon one of our whining sisterhood who gave him a note with this caution a female friend of mine has written me this letter which i was going to send to you by a man on purpose show it to brother juan and regulate your proceedings accordingly it was this very note gentlemen that Lamela gave me in your presence which occasioned us to take so abrupt a leave of our solitary dwelling End of Book 5, Chapter 1, Part 4.